You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. God, that's what we call him. He has names that tell us more about who he is. God is creator. God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. God created mankind in his own image. God is creator. He created the universe, the earth, the land, the sea, and you and me. God is Yahweh. Yahweh is his name. God is Yahweh. Yahweh is the personal name of God. It is the name of the person who is divine. He presents God as a person and brings him into relationship with us. God will be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. God is the wonderful counselor. He is the best counselor. God is mighty. He is so powerful. God is our everlasting father. He will always be our father forever. God is the prince of peace. He brings peace that transcends all understanding. God is our savior. He daily bears our burdens. God is our savior. He saved us. He saved us from the eternal punishment for sin, death. He saved us while we were still sinners, while we were broken. He saved us, not because of righteous or good things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us. God sent his only son so that we might have life. God is our savior. God has names that tell us more about who he is. God is creator. God is Yahweh. God is the wonderful counselor. God is mighty. God is our everlasting father. God is the prince of peace. God is our savior. God has a name. For this entire series, your life groups will directly follow what it is that we're talking about in the message. And so we want you guys to have amazing discussions. And so go ahead and take some notes with you. Uh, we got the pens underneath your chair. Go ahead and pass those. As we're doing that, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us, and then we are going to jump in. And hey, real quick, as we pray, as we pray, I wonder, I wonder if there's some of us tonight who come into this place a little unclear about who God is. Maybe some of us come into this place convinced 
that God doesn't exist because of what's been going on recently in your life. Or maybe you come into this place and you know a lot about God. In fact, you, you know pretty much every description that is used in the scriptures to talk about God. But if you're honest with yourself, you don't really know him. In this series, God Has a Name, we're going to talk about the truth of scripture. That as God reveals himself to us, he wants us to understand that he does have a name. That he is personal, that he loves us, and he wants an authentic relationship with each one of us. And so as we begin this series, I would just ask you to ask yourself this question do I know God? Not just do I know about God, and maybe you know a lot about God. But let me ask you, do you know God? So with that in mind, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would come into this place by the power of your Holy Spirit. In fact, we know that you're already here, that you were here before any of us showed up, that you're working, that your spirit is speaking to us. God, we believe that through your word, you're going to reveal yourself to us that we're going to have a, a bigger, better picture of who you actually are. And I pray that that would transform and give shape and meaning and significance to every part of our life. I pray that where there is fear in us as we are getting to know you, God, that our trust in you would be greater than our fear of what's going on. I pray for those of us that are here that aren't totally sure if you even exist. Would you show up tonight? God, would we walk away with a better understanding of who you are and that you do have a name and you want us to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, to get us started, I'm gonna need Nico to come up on stage with me real quick. Guys, give it up for Nico. Nico, come up here real quick. Now, Nico, here's what I want you to do. I want you, I want you Nico, to stand right over there. Gonna stand right over here. All right, so... Here's Nico, and here's what I need from you. This is an all-play kind of game, right? Here's what I need from you. I need you guys to yell out descriptions of Nico, okay? So you can say anything. Try to keep it appropriate. Try not to insult him. That would be really hurtful. We want Nico to come back. Here's what I need. I need you guys to start yelling out descriptions of Nico. Start yelling out some descriptions of Nico. Go. Wait, hold on. All right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What'd you say? What? Okay, so... I'm just going to put nose. Cool. He has a nose. That's really positive. What else? More descriptions of Nico. Hold on. Tynan, what'd you say? Guy, what? Skinny. Skinny. Okay, cool. Me too. I mean, it was for both of us, but anyway. Okay, cool. Skinny. All right. What'd you say? Great hair. He does have great hair. I'm going to write that in there. Great hair. All right, well, handsome. I mean, sure. Okay, handsome. We'll give it to you. What else? What else? Let's go over here. Hey, Luke. 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 Hey, Luke. Hi, good to see you. Hi, good to see you. Give me a description for Nico. What's it? What? No, Luke. Give me a description. Luke, give me a description for Nico. Like any word to describe him. Cute? Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see over here. Amelia, Amelia, one description for Nico. Nike Air Force. Nike Air Force. Nice. We're going to put Nike on there. All right, I'm looking for two more. Hazel, Hazel, give me a description for Nico. He's 
Funny. Okay, that's cool. He is really funny. All right, and let's see. I need one more. Uh, Asher. Asher. Get, well, we don't need a chant for Asher. Hold on. Asher. Brown hair. Very good. Okay, now. So, here's what we have. Here's what we have. We have... We have some descriptions. Now, here's, here's, here's where I want you all to stay tuned. Okay, here we go. We have descriptions of Nico, and then we have Nico, right? We have descriptions of Nico, and then we have the actual Nico. Now, is this Nico? Some of you need to get your eyes checked. This is not Nico. These are really cool descriptions and true, hang with me, these are true descriptions of Nico, but this is Nico. Now, let's say I come by and I'm like, I love you, Nico. And I start hugging the box and I'm like, Nico, you're so cool. High five. I didn't have any limbs. Okay, Nico, you're awesome. And And I start talking to this box, even though all of these descriptions are true of Nico, am I in a relationship with Nico when I'm doing this? No. No. Is this building my relationship with Nico? Are all of these true about Nico? Yeah. So what we see is there is a difference between descriptions of Nico and actually being in a relationship with Nico. Now, Nico, let me ask you, how do you feel Okay? If I'm over here just chatting with the descriptions of you, and I'm, I'm, I'm hugging the box, and I'm friends with the box, and I'm like taking the box with me when I go to the movies, and we're sitting there watching the movie together, and I'm trying to feed popcorn into the... How, do, do you feel like I'm connecting with you at that moment? Probably not, right? But if Nico and I go hang out at the movies, or if Nico and I go to the skate park, or if Nico and I are walking around doing life together, then we are building our relationship, correct? Why, of course. Correct. Here's what I want to suggest to us. I want to suggest to us that all of us in this room have at some level an understanding of God. Maybe it's um, a broken view or understanding of God. Maybe you grew up learning a lot about God. But here's the temptation for us. The temptation is that we would know a lot about God. And at the same time, miss out on knowing God. You see, you can, it's possible, to know a lot about God. To know facts about God. To know descriptions of God. To have read things that give you insight into God and at the same time miss out on knowing God. See, Jesus, he actually talked to us. Nico, you you can have a seat real quick. Give it up for Nico. (laughs) Jesus actually talked about this in John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40. Jesus says something stunning. He says, you study the scriptures diligently Because you think that in them you have eternal life. He says, you've studied all of the descriptions of God. 
And you think that as you study all of these descriptions of God, that that is equal to having a relationship with God. And then Jesus says this, these, the scriptures, these very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I'll ask it again. Do you know a lot about God? Or do you actually know God? See, here's what's beautiful. God is not like a, a vocabulary teacher who is most interested in you memorizing all of these key terms, and then you show up on test day, you fill in all the blanks, and he goes, good job. God is relational. God is personal, and God wants a close relationship with each one of you. Now, now, these descriptions are good, and it's good to be able to know the descriptions of Nico, right? And as you're spending time with Nico, you learn things about Nico. Like one of the things we could have written up here is maybe Nico's wise, maybe Nico's kind, maybe Nico's thoughtful. Maybe Nico's loving. His sister's like, none of those things are true about him. Some of them are true. I've seen them, but. All of those things about Nico are awesome and good. But having a relationship with the descriptions of Nico is very different than having a relationship with Nico. And the same is true for us with God. Jesus says, as you study the scriptures, they ultimately point you towards me. So when we read the Bible, you know why we love the Bible? Not because the Bible is God, but because the Bible points us to God. The Bible guides us in our path of being in a relationship with the God of the universe. John Mark Comer, this pastor, Christian, and author, he says this. He says, for Jesus and all the writers of scripture, the starting point of all theology, which theology is the understanding of God. The starting point of all theology is the realization that we don't know what God is like, but we can learn. But to learn, we have to go to the source. So we learn about God as we read the Bible and get to know him. But just knowing these descriptions of God is not enough. And in fact, it's not the point. If, if my wife Sarah was up here, I could give you a list of descriptions of who she is as a person. But if you were to ask me, hey, what's your relationship with Sarah like? I don't know if I would include these descriptions. I would talk about the personal relationship that we have. I would talk about the ways that she has influenced me and the ways that I am a different person, a changed person, because I know her and am in relationship with her. Do you see how just knowing descriptions of Nico does not necessarily mean that your life is any different? And friends, some of you, you know a lot about God, and yet your life is not even remotely different. And friends, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, and if your life looks nothing different than the people around you who don't know Jesus, there's something wrong. And it might be because you know a lot of descriptions about God, but you don't really know you see, when you know God, all of a sudden you're 
a more humble person because you're in relationship with him. That relationship changes you. It shapes you. It it causes you to rethink how you date. It causes you to rethink how you think and value yourself. This relationship changes everything. And why is it so important to define God like we're going to do in a few minutes? Why is it so important to define him? It's because this, this is your first fill-in. We become like what we worship. Whatever it is that you worship, whether it's your status, your relationship, your money, your influence, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your perfect grades, Whatever it is that you worship, whatever it is that you are so passionate about, whatever it is that you are in closest relationship to, you will ultimately become like that thing. And so you see, some of us have a lot of descriptions of God, but the reason our lives don't look any different is because we don't really know him. A.W. Tozer says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Because we tend, by a secret law of the soul, to move toward our mental image of God. So when you think of God, what comes to mind? Is it his descriptions? Or is it his name? We're going to look at some ancient passages. In fact, we're going to study a scripture throughout this entire series. One that is one of the most popular passages in the Bible because it gets quoted over and over and over again in the Bible. It's it's a profound passage that shapes the early followers of God who were Israel. This people that God called to follow him, to know him. Not just to know things about him, but to actually know him. And we're going to study this passage, and what we're going to see is that as God begins to reveal himself to his people, he starts with his name. But first, let's start here. Find me in Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 7. Our first big idea, our second big idea tonight is this. God wants you to personally experience him. God wants you, if you're taking notes, write this down. God wants you to personally experience him. In Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 7, the story goes like this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. So the Israelites were enslaved for over 400 years by the Egyptians. God freed them from slavery. And now they are asking the big questions, who is this God? In fact, they had totally forgotten who this God was because of years and generations of slavery and oppression and challenges. And so they're wondering, who is this God? And so part of the reason God has them in the desert is to help them understand who he is. And maybe one of the reasons God has you in the season and the situation that you're in right now is not because he's forgotten you, but because he's trying to reveal himself to you. The story continues. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. 
Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. This is such a profound idea. In fact, in in, in the Hebrew, which is what this story was originally written in, over 3,500 years ago, it could be better translated that God talked with Moses mouth to mouth. Like, not like kissing, but like like they were so close to each other. It's the kind of words that you'd use for talking with somebody that you really care about, a close friend. God talked with Moses face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Moses says, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And so he's saying, God, I don't know how to lead these people. The job that you've given me just feels too big. And then listen to how God responds. The Lord replied, my presence, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God promises his presence with his people. Does that sound like a God who's just interested in you knowing a lot of facts about him? Or does that sound like a God who wants you to know him? My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Do you hear this back and forth? Moses and God are having this conversation about truly knowing each other. There's this kind of intimacy about the way that God and Moses talked with each other. When you pray and you talk with God, is that an easy flowing conversation? Can I be honest with you? For me, it's oftentimes not. And you know why? Because I struggle with prayer. I feel like some of the other spiritual disciplines, maybe reading the word or Um, preaching or evangelizing or encouraging people. Some of those come more naturally, but just talking with God, I'll admit it as your pastor, it's just hard for me. It's challenging for me. And so sometimes if it's been a little while, I'll be like, dear most high God, right? And it's just like, I, I start to kind of talk in these weird ways that like I would never talk with Dylan, right? I would never be like, most wonderful Dylan, how are you, right? Like that'd be weird. Nobody texts each other that way. And there is a time and a place, obviously, to acknowledge the holiness and the beauty and the majesty and the perfection of God. And yet when I look at the way Moses, who was close with God, talked to God, it seems like they're friends. It seems like there's a comfort level there. It seems like there's a a vulnerability. The story continues. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. He asked God this really cool, profound question. He said, okay, God, I need to see your glory. And in the ancient world, to see someone's glory was to see their beauty. 
It was to see their beauty, and it was to see their presence. See, Moses here, he's asking to see God for who he really is. He's not just interested in a bunch of descriptions or a fact sheet. He wants to experience God. In fact, some would argue that up to this point, Moses has a lot of knowledge about God. But he's saying, I want to see you and know you. So God decides to do this. In Exodus chapter 34, in in the next section that we're going to read, basically God says, okay, Moses, I'm going to show up. But if you were to really directly see me, like all of me, fully all of me, it would destroy you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass by you and you're going to hear my voice and you're going to see the backside of me. You're not going to see the full because it would just destroy you, but you're going to get a glimpse of me and you're going to hear my voice. And then when God speaks directly to Moses. These are the words that he says. And I actually want us to read these together. So let's find chapter 34, verse 6 and 7. We're going to read these together each week. Verse 6, let's read it together, and then we'll go into verse 7. On the count of three, read it out loud with me. One, two, three. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Verse 7. Yes. Wow. Okay. Do we have verse 7 up there? Can we throw up verse 7? Okay. Well, here we go. Verse 7. Did it come up? No, it didn't. All right. Verse 7. Maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wicked, oh, you guys have these, forgiving wickedness, I don't even know, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation, now, those last few words are like really encouraging, right, you're like, oh, cool, now, hold on, hang in there with us, because at the end of this series, I think as we unpack those actual words, you're going to find some hope and some encouragement and that maybe they don't mean exactly what they look like they mean, so we're going to get into that. But what I want to draw your attention to is that God wants you to know his name. Let's go back to verse 6. If you throw verse 6, notice that when God chooses to reveal himself to his people, he doesn't start with descriptions. He starts with a name. In the New Testament, or in the Old Testament, whenever you see the Lord, whenever you see the Lord, it's actually referring to this Hebrew word for God, his name, and the name is Yahweh. And this passage, this is like the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. I mean, this is the one that all the ancient Jews knew. But here's the problem, that in our modern translations, when it says, the Lord, the Lord, what, what happens there is instead of reading the name that God gives us to understand him, we see instead a title. And that title is important, that he is the Lord, But when God originally revealed himself to us, he wanted us to hear his name. He wants you to know him personally. 
Now, this isn't the first time that God has referred to himself as Yahweh. In fact, in the very beginning of the story, in Exodus chapter 3, in the beginning of this story, God reveals himself to Moses through this burning bush. And he calls Moses to go and literally free all of Israel from Pharaoh's control, which Pharaoh was the president, the superpower, the leader of the most powerful government in the world at that time. And then Moses and God have this conversation, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Now, right there, God says, my name is I am. And what's interesting is the Hebrew word for that, the Hebrew word for I am is eye, is eye. And that is in the first person. So it says, so God is saying, I am, I am. I will always be. That is how you are to understand me. My name is literally I am. But then the third person version of that, that he commands Moses to tell the people, is the Lord, which is Yahweh. It's the same word, aye, is the same word as Yahweh. And so God is saying, when you think about me, Yahweh literally means he is. So it's I am, and then as we talk about him, it's he is. Yahweh is God's name. And he wanted all of Israel to understand. In fact, he repeats it twice. He says, the Lord, the Lord. You see, nowadays, like, if you want to like, emphasize a point, you bold it, you underline it, right? You, you, you text it out multiple times. Like you notice someone, someone, has anyone ever like left you on red, right? Someone ever like sent you a text, left you on red, and do you ever like copy and paste and send the exact same text? Anyone else do that except me? Literally, some of you know this who are close to me. If you don't respond within 30 seconds, I'm like, I'm, I'm posting it again because like, did you not get it? What is going on, right? Like I try to emphasize with thumbs or sometimes I'll put crickets. Like if nobody's responding, I'm like crickets. Like I noticed you're not responding. What's going on? In the scriptures, because you can't bold or underline or add cool emojis, if God wants to emphasize a point, he repeats it. It's as if God's saying, it's important that you know my name because that's gonna be the beginning of our relationship. That before you hear a bunch of descriptions about me, I want you to know my name. I want you to be close with me. And so God says, my name is Yahweh, Yahweh, because he wants a personal relationship with you. He's saying, I want you to know every part of me. And that begins with us knowing each other's names. Do you know that God knows your name? You know it says in scripture that when we enter into heaven someday, that you're gonna still have your name that was given to you here, but that God's gonna give you another name? You know that there's all kinds of names for God throughout the scriptures, But in the Old Testament especially, the name that gets repeated over and over and over again is Yahweh. Because God has a name. And behind that name is truly he's the Lord of the universe. 
which begs the question, when we say, who is the Lord of your life, maybe a different way to ask it is this, who's the Yahweh of your life? And I mean that to make it personal, because sometimes we can think of Lord as kind of an impersonal being or an idea. Who really is the Yahweh? Who's the personal God of your life? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it a relationship? Who's the Lord of your life? And our last big idea tonight is God wants you to see Jesus as Yahweh. God wants you to see Jesus as Yahweh. Check out what happens in John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus is in this long conversation with these Jews who are really frustrated about what Jesus is teaching. And then Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. See what Jesus did there? He said, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. Now, if Jesus was merely just saying, oh yeah, I am is a name for God, they would have clapped at him. They would have applauded him. They would have said, ah, very right. Good job, Rabbi. Wise teacher. The reason they want to pick up stones and literally murder him is because he is claiming to be He's not just claiming to be any God. He's claiming to be their God. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Yahweh, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, Scripture invites you and I into an, a relationship with the God of the universe. That's how we are saved. That's how we thrive. That's how we are changed. That's how we grow. Is not merely by knowing things about God, but by knowing him. And step one to knowing God is knowing he has a name. It's Yahweh. It's Jesus. As you guys step into your life groups tonight, we've got some questions and some passages for you. I want to encourage you to read those passages, to answer those questions, and to reflect on what significance this has over your life. Leaders, please, I would encourage you, please make sure you have new students fill out connect cards tonight uh, and leave those in your folders. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. I pray that as we break into our life groups, that you would help us to continue to unpack this idea that you have a name that you want us to know you personally, that you want us to fall in love with you and that relationship with you. Thank you that you are pursuing us. And God, I pray that each one of us would take a step closer towards fully surrendering our lives to you. Jesus, God, Yahweh, we love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, speak in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.